So this is my part three, the last part of me doing this analysis on the black conservatism in America by Angela K. Lewis, which was published in the Journal of African American Studies in March of 2005. So I just want to do, sorry about all the page flipping, um, a reminder that the goal of this study is to discuss the development of black conservatism, conservatism and see if contemporary black intellectuals have support among black people. Um, I do also want to point out that when we talk about conservative intellectuals in this, we are talking about or black conservatives, we're talking about black intellectuals. So it's not just that these people are black conservatives or blacks who just happen to be conservative as conservative. It's mostly specifically talking about black intellectuals. Um, also, this is supposed to focus on black conservatism, black conservatives relationship to organic and anti-static uh, forms of conservatism. So the last two, well, the last part of this that we're going to talk about is basically the data, the methods, um, why black conservatives. Um, so basically some explanations and then as well as the conclusion. So to start off with the data analyzed in this specific study that she did, came from the American National Election Study as well as the National Black Election Study. Um, the years that they looked at were 1984, 1988, and then 1996. Um, so both of these studies get used. The... Um, National election study um, typically contains about 200 blacks, which is what um, which they feel is a sufficient number to do an analysis. And then they use the supplemental data from the national black um, election study. So the questions that get asked um, vary but the thing to point out, I'll read all the questions, but the thing to point out, the differences between the two studies is the, the national election study, the American national election study, which typically only contains about 200 black people, does like a seven point scale of ideological identification. So you get to say how... Uh, conservative or how uh, liberal you are uh, based off of a five-point scale and then that scale is then of course collapsed so um, and then on the other hand the national black education election national black election study um, is done on a three-point scale that then once again gets collapsed so the questions that get asked, the one question, the questions that get asked that deal with this ideological identification 
Um, this one came from the American National Election Study, which is we hear a lot. We hear a lot of talk these days about liberals and conservatives. Here in 1996, the National Election Study. I'm going to show you a seven-point scale on which the political views that people might hold are arranged from extremely liberal being one to extremely conservative being seven. Where would you place yourself on this scale or haven't you thought much about it? So that's one of the questions. And then now I'm going to share the questions that have this ideological identification but that come from the national black election study which um the questions are in general when it comes to politics do you usually think of yourself as liberal a conservative a moderate or what do you think of yourself as a strong liberal or conservative or not so strong liberal conservative do you think of yourself as more like a liberal or more like a conservative so these are the questions that get posed um, to the people who per participated in this study and so some key things that were found was that you do see um, the percentage of blacks identifying with conservative values uh, rise between 1972 and 1998. Um, so it goes from 14% to 34%. This decrease, though, that happens during... Um, 1972 to 1998 is only a 54 to 40% decrease which is kind of interesting because you do, it's it's a decrease but it's not overly extreme or it doesn't seem overly extreme whereas like the 14 to 34% seems more extreme um but if you were to like do the math on that it's it's um it's like maybe like a 10 10% difference anyways moving on I can't do math I probably just lied right there I'm trying to do this math on the fly um moving on so you see this increase and then you also see this decrease so conservatives decreased during the 1980s and then there's this resurgence in, um, in 1992 to 1999 um, so the number of conservatives increased by 10% from 24% to 34% um, and the major increase in black conservatism happens between 1994 and 1996 um, so there's this, what I think is important, because I'm like, a lot of that is just like numbers and all that stuff. But to make it clear is that there is 
a substantial amount of people identifying with um, black, with conservative ideologies. And the data shows that there is a significant amount of the population that identifies with this, but due to a lack of data on the black electorate and political attitudes prior to 1984, which is what she points out, um, it doesn't allow researchers the opportunity to systematically address black political behavior. So what does this tell us? It tells us, one, that there hasn't been a lot of research done on the black electorate. And because there haven't been, hasn't been a lot of work done, one, how is it that you're supposed to cater to this electorate? How are... And how are you supposed to understand this electorate? One that holds still to this day a lot of sway and a lot of power, especially since it seems to be fluctuating, which is kind of the conclusion that she comes to at the end, is this fluctuation in black political ideologies. Um, But I think the key thing there is that there needs to be more research done. And also, why are we ignoring what is about a quarter or a third of black people who identify with this ideology. Um, So there needs to be much more substantial work done on these people who are kind of living life in the middle. And I think that you get that hashtag life in the middle more and more as society becomes more intermingled. You have, uh, biracial people, people who are bisexual, um, these moderate voters. And there's this like, I mean, I think one of my teachers always told me that beauty happens in the middle, but it's really hard because when you're in the middle, it's like you're not this, you're not that. So so one, you're hard to label, you're hard to explain, it's hard for you to explain yourself, but there's no way to explain you. So there's this more of a need to like either fit in, you know, to just give over into that or to learn how to be your true authentic self without um, compromise, but to do it in a confident way. But I think that's something that's really interesting here. And oftentimes like the middle, it's, because it's so hard to cater to these people who exist on this very, very thin line, I think that's why it's easy for people to go polar one way and polar the other way. And then people who are more moderate, people who are stuck in the middle, hard to define. And they just have to somehow like, oh, I guess I'm going to dip my water, my more of myself over here because it seems more convenient, at least from a political perspective. I think that when you are more moderate or you don't identify necessarily the way that society tells you you should identify or how your um, overall identity tells you that you're supposed to identify, I think it's really hard to exist in that space because you have to compromise, which I don't think compromise is a bad thing, but I think the level at which the compromise happens to me is somewhat negative because it's not necessarily always that it's a compromise 
um, for the rest of the world. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm going off on a tangent. Let me get back to it. Um, they do provide some tables to where you can see those dramatic shifts um, in terms of identification with uh, different political ideologies. And so what are the, some of the answers that are given to why you see this surge in people identifying with black conservatism is the inadequacy. Um, and this was said by Wes. It's the inadequacy of black liberalism has has led to a rise of black conservatism. And it also talks about like basically the loss of Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and basically the loss of these leaders and this loss of black political leadership within the community has ultimately led to a complete and utter downfall. Um, Something that I'm not 100% like, I don't necessarily like it, but anyways, they talk about the replacement of these leaders with black Republicans or conservative black Democrats uh, who downplay governmental regulation and stress market mechanisms and success-oriented values in the black community. Um, Another thing that they say is basically the Reagan revolution also pushed more people to more blacks to be conservative um, because Reagan was willing to work with black conservatives. Um, He was just willing to work with conservatives regardless of the fact that they were black, um, which put black conservatives um, in a gatekeeping position and gave them uh, more media, some form of like media control to get their message out there. But I also think the, this is still to me, it's like black conservatives, as we've talked about in previous ones, black conservatives are just coming up with new answers to old problems. They're offering a different solution, a different take, a different perspective on how we deal with the issues that face the black community and it it coming from a less uh, victim mentality. What I think is hard is that, like, can black conservatives have their political ideologies without being props or at least being seen as props? Because maybe on the outside, people are judging them, saying, like, oh, you're a political prop. But maybe to them, they're not a prop. So I think that's difficult. Because they're identifying with something outside of what it is that they're supposed to identify with. Um, So, um, an author that uh, she quotes, whoa, sorry, um, who was in The Economist said, the social problems of of urban America are turning more blacks back to the values of religion, family, and self-help. But meanwhile, the cutting back of government is shaking faith in traditional pathways of middle-class achievement closely associated with the Democrat, democratic liberal politics. So this goes into one of the other things that people say is pushing 
blacks to be more conservative, which is basically the mobility into the middle class and the idea of once them once they reach the middle class, they tend to start having more conservative belief systems. They want their kids to be in a safe neighborhood. They want them to go to good schools, which I feel like is something that like don't all people want that. I don't know why it's a thing for I want my kid to be in a safe neighborhood. Of course, you would want your kid to be in a safe neighborhood. And I think all of this goes back to um, in the first one that we did talking about this. And I think things that have been consistent for black intellectuals is that there needs to be a cultural, a black cultural revolution, um, a change in black morality. Um, Cause like, why are you tearing up and rioting in your neighborhood? Why are you stealing from your neighbor? And I mean, I think that there are always ways to justify these things like, oh, well, I'm hungry or, oh, you know what I mean? But if we come together as a community, you know what I mean? If we really do um, community work and build community relationships, I think some of that can be dissipated. I also think that like one, you don't, I don't think drugs should be a way of supplementing your income and there's this is the thing like I totally understand the way that that sounds because a lot of people in positions of power today people who have had who have generational wealth those families came out of doing illegal things you know what I mean so I totally get like, America was built on hustlers, and now all of a sudden becoming a hustler is a bad thing. So I get how that doesn't make sense. And it's like, how am I supposed to have this upward mobility and do it the right way? But I also just think that causing degradation to your own community, and then once you make your become successful to leave that community, is also not helpful. So you, in essence, are doing what you complain about everybody else doing you're using your you're making a profit off your own people to make yourself successful and then leave them high and dry in the same situation that they were in um but this is the big critique too of the idea that black the black middle class needs to go out and help the black lower class to like somewhat elevate them to class them up but i think it to me it's just like If you want to go out there and just like, this is, okay, this is a story. Okay. So my partner came and visited me. He picked me up from uh, our public transit center or whatever. And uh, after I got off work, so we're coming back. There's this lady in the middle of the road on top of a car. And there's these people kind of like surrounding the car and all the stuff. And she's like screaming. And it's like, why are you doing this? Like, I don't know what's going on. But that seems a bit extreme. But I feel like on the outside, all things can look extreme. But I do think there are things that can be done. And I think I do believe that there are things that can be done within the black community that if there was a serious culture shift and a dealing with the psychological ills and 
those problems that the community could change um, in very drastic ways. But I think first it's like acknowledgement and it's self-work. And that's going to bring me to some of the questions that I have in the at the end of this, but basically the growing, there's a growing number of blacks in the middle class, which because they're having money, it's changing their political uh, belief systems. And like I said, the moral revolution. So at the end, in conclusion, black conservatives do, black conservative intellectuals do have support among black voters. Um, and the study was meant to address historical and contemporary meanings of black conservatism um, and also to talk about the ideological identifications among blacks. There is a long-term, long-term trend towards conservatism, conservatism among blacks. Um, it also, in the conclusion, talks about the 20% solution and also about how Republican strategists um, realize that the black vote is needed and this 20% solution is to assist in the recruitment of blacks to the GOP or the conservative or to conservative parties. So while they might be a small segment of the population, what they can do for um, Republicans in terms of keeping them in a positions of power is true. So the black vote is still important. Um, and it's something that fluctuates. Something that is brought up in the article during the conclusion section is the blacks realignment with the Democratic Party after the Great Depression. So this is a voting block that fluctuates. So this lack of paying attention from scholars um, has consequences. So both sides, li both liberals and conservatives do need to be catering to this group. But there needs to be more research done by scholars in order for this voting block to be better understood and to realize what are the things that are causing the fluctuation in their ideologies is it what's going on with the world is or you know something is or is it individual drives or is it is it internal is it external these kinds of issues so one of the things that one of the questions that I have that kind of goes back to that little tangent I went on about like black culture and all those things is like, is black America choosing not to change or is it not being allowed to change? Um, I don't really have an answer for that, but that's something that this article made me think about because black conservatives are constantly talking about this this moral change that needs to happen within the community um, and this end of like victimization and stuff like that and basically how society keeps um, black people in this state of victimhood especially uh, conservatives talking about like the liberal mentality this trust in the white man and like expecting the government to provide for you and uh, put you on equal footing, but you, but 
it's like they're putting you on equal footing, but it's not equal solution. It's not equal uh, success. So, um, and there's a lot of things that go into that. Another good book that I might review is uh, Race and Intellectuals. And there's also uh, Black Neck, Rednecks, White Liberals, where Thomas Sowell discusses um, black students getting into college and about how they're often admitted into colleges because they did good based off of the black standard, but they don't do well in terms of the overall standards that you need to be able to be successful at the given schools that they get into. Um, And uh, that also deals, that also goes into the whole affirmative action argument, but I don't have an answer for that, whether or not black culture is choosing not to change or black America, I guess, is choosing not to change or if it's not being allowed to change. I think that's like chicken and egg and part of it, I think it's both things working together. Um, But I also think that that lack of black leadership is very, very key and just the overall lack of leadership um, is key. And I just want to also repoint out that fluctuation and how important it is for scholars such as myself to do this research, to compile it so that black, so that black America, one, can actually have a, an agenda that can be referenced over, a, over an extended period of time. And also so that Republicans and Democrats, uh, as we go into election season, and go into every election with a knowledge and an understanding of the black voter and what it is that they're voting about. And this is where large studies are good. But in like studies within like communities and very small populations are even better um, so that you get a better understanding of that specific demographic, because there are very specific things that you deal with depending on the community that you live in. So like what's important to like uh, rural black people or black people in the south versus black people in more urban areas, more industrialized areas are all different. So I think this is one of those things where it's great to have like large studies, but it would be better to like localize it so that because key to at least to me is your meritorial elections, electing your governor, electing your uh, city councilman, all of those things are where you're going to see the most changes and the most effect on your infrastructure. Um, so understanding the voters in your specific area uh, to me is probably more important, but I think larger studies are good as well and I think necessary so that once you have that large compilement of all of America, then you can do more like fine-tuning um, in individual areas. And I think also to point out the black vote is still important. It still needs to be catered to. And uh, anybody who is running should be thinking about that. I mean, president, governor, uh, mayor, that vote matters. It counts. It has an impact and stuff like that. And I think black people need to really do a self-analysis on cultural standards 
and what is being portrayed about uh, about black people and what is actually true. So I think honing in on your on core values. Um, and I think that's really hard to do because, you know, it's like black America is treated like it's its own thing. Like it's just out here, um, living its own life, but it's attached to all of these other things. So in order for black America to change, I think America as a whole has to change. But I think black America has to first like work on itself and then push that outward, um, but anyways, that is the end. This is a super long one because I did like three different uh, sections. I did like, but that is the end of this Black Conservatism in America by Angela K. Lewis. Um, so those were my thoughts on everything. And I will see you soon for another deep dive on another conservative Peace.